avenge you, father. I will save you, mother. I will kill you, Fjolnir! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Struggle Session. I am your host, Leslie Lee III. My shield maiden, mm -hmm. Jack Allison. That's right. How's it going? Uh, good. Fuck Fjolnir. I, I, I will kill Fjolnir, <laughs> too. Whatever you need. I'm here. I'm ready to go. Well, well, well Jack, what if I told you while I'm on this single mind quest for revenge, sure. I may meet a shocking revelation that makes me question everything I know Ooh. and even the very nature of revenge. Uh, I guess I'm still in just because I, I do say fuck Fiona. Uh, so I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll just stay on board either way. Folks, we're talking Robert Eggers, the Northman. If you have not seen that movie, go see it. Mm -hmm. Not a lot. Of, not a lot of people have. Sadly, people are not seeing tell it. You people the, are not seeing the movie. But I want to tell everybody at the top, it's a great movie. But before we get into it, I want to thank everyone for the great response to our Force Awakens commentary. Wasn't nearly as painful to do as we all expected. That's right. We were all kind of dragging, dreading it. Uh, but we had a great time doing it, and it feels like you've all been having a good time uh, listening to it with Bug. And we're—it's not going to be so long. I—I I, I haven't told Jack this, but I want the—I want—I want us to knock him out. We're going to do the Last Jedi. Wow. We're going to do Rise of the Skywalker ASAP. Okay. I want—I want to—I want to go on the record as soon as possible. So please keep looking out for that. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to do it. Honestly, Last Jedi, that one does feel like that still might be a painful one to do. But Rise of Skywalker, oh, that's cake. That's easy peasy. That's having dessert <laughs> right there. All right. And I want to also give a shout out to Blue Wire for providing us with a sponsorship, which allowed us to pro provide episodes like this on the free feed. This is normally a bonus episode. We're going to give this to everyone. Hope you enjoy it. But yes, mm -hmm. we are talking the Northmen. My kingdom was stolen from me. My heart knows only revenge. From visionary director Robert Eggers comes the Northmen. An action-filled epic that follows a young Viking prince on his quest to avenge his father's murder. That's right. Yes. Uh, and that that pretty much is the entirety of the plot right there. That is like, <laughs> there's not much more that, that happens beyond that in this movie. Uh, so that tagline, visionary director. This is kind of the part of the problem with the marketing around the Northmen, which is the worst part because they tried to sell it as like a prestige A24 movie, some artsy fartsy thing that you need a degree in Norse mythology to understand. It's none of that at all. Folks, it's Conan the Barbarian, yeah. for God's sakes. It is a badass movie. It's God of War, okay? Like the video game. It's actually, I, it's one of the movies, movies influenced the generation of video games. Now I feel like 
of the last generation of video games is influenced movies. And The Northman is probably the best example. There are so many elements of this movie that just come straight from things like Dark Souls and God of War and even like the Assassin's Creed Viking game, but all in like a good way. This is like the best iteration of it. I think I mentioned with No Time to Die, that was just like an adaptation of Metal Gear Solid and it was okay, but this one is really pulls from video games and that's not a knock on this film at all or the artistry of Robert Eggers and his team. Like they pulled the good shit. I swear to God, Jack, in the middle of this movie where there's basically a boss fight and it feels like the health bar is going to oh, come sure. up. I was like, oh my God. Uh, are you this talking about are you amazing you're talking about like literally the dark souls moment in this movie like yes. when he like goes into like a dream to basically like get his sword and kill like an ancient you know like an ancient zombie god to get his sword <laughs> ancient zombie god king uh to get the sword and he has to lure him into the moonlight yeah or it, it he solves a riddle this is video game stuff folks I, I don't know if spoilers even really count for this movie because it is based on, you know, these stories that have been told since the beginning of time. This is one of those movies that sort of defies spoilers because I'll just do go ahead and spoil it this and the, the entire thing. A guy kills his dad. He goes back and then like kills the guy. That's like more or less what the movie is. And he dies too in the end of it all, you know? Yeah, um, you got just you got a little bit of Oedipus there. You got you got oh, all sure. that stuff. You've seen it you've seen it all before, but Robert Eggers but you delivers seen it this just, good, perhaps. Yeah, you haven't seen it this good, at least in a while. Yeah. I actually do think, you know, comparing the story I comparing the films, I think I still think Conan the Barbarian is probably a better film hmm. uh, on the whole. But I love The Northman, and it really is like a great movie. I would recommend anyone go out and see this, especially if you love the Conan uh, Barbarian or a Gladiator or Troy. Any of these, you know, epics, mm -hmm. you're going to find something to love about The Northman, even though my one quibble with this, Jack, is that, as you said, the story is a little bit simple, is not quite an epic. I feel like sure. I, going it's in, small. I thought two hours was too long. I wish it was longer. I wish it was a three-hour movie. You wish this was a three-hour, you know, you wish this was the Lawrence of Arabia epic. You know, I actually yes. do agree with you, you know, with regard to the marketing of this movie, because I think that they, you know, they really tried to sell this as like kind of an art house, A24-ish kind of movie. Um, and I think that that really does it a disservice. You know, I saw this movie in Burbank, which by the way, Leslie, this is a side, this is a side thing. But have you been to the uh, to the Dolby theaters, like the Dolby Experience theaters, or something like that? Um, in my opinion, this is the new IMAX. There are okay. these theaters that Dolby has done, where the they have like richer colors. The dark colors get way darker. The sound is way better. And unlike a lot of the IMAX theaters I've been to, they also do the reclining the reclining seats. Going to the Northman, I was like, the, this is the first time where I'm like, maybe Dolby has the IMAX's beat. I was like such an IMAX fan for such a long time, but Dolby does like the tall, you know, frame uh, of the image and they have really good sound and they have the reclining seats and the color, I think, is a little baby better than the IMAX screens. Um, but I saw this in Burbank uh, in one of the uh, Dolby screens. And, you know, I saw this with a, a big crowd of people who just were fucking psyched on this movie as oh, they yes. came out of it. Just everybody coming out of it. It was a packed theater of people that were just psyched and like amped up to have seen 
this movie. This is the first time I've like come to a movie theater in a long time where there was like literally a line out the door of people getting checked in. Now, I understand this is not the experience around a lot of the rest of the country. Like I saw this movie with, I think like a lot of sort of people kind of wanted to see like a, you know, like a bombastic kind of action movie. And they like kind of got, they got that. I think that they made a big misstep in trying to make this kind of a hereditary or like an A24 kind of release, because this could be such a huge crossover hit, especially considering how huge Elden Ring is and how there yes. are moments in this. That I'm like, <laughs> yeah. are, this is like this is fucking Elden Ring, the movie. Like the fact that this movie like did not badly, but kind of underperformed for what the budget, you know, uh, was, um, I, I think is wholly to do with the way that it was marketed as a kind of smart a smart person movie or something like you know honestly you know i think you tweeted something like about the soundtrack and maybe it should have had like you know the like new metal soundtrack or something like yes, that yes i'm like i'm not quite so sure that i agree in the movie but i think there should be commercials you know, using yes. those songs like they should be getting people out to the theaters. And I don't know, there's a there's a pretentiousness, I think, because of Eggers previous movies that they decided to, you know, market this movie in the same kind of, you know, this is a smart guy movie, pretentious way. And I think that that hurt the movie's box office receipts. I really do. Yeah, it's a big pro I mean, this movie is a blockbuster. Mm -hmm. They spent, you know, 60 to $80 million making it. Eggers talked about having to fight with the studio on certain things. Now, he does say, say that the, this version of the movie is his director's cut, and he's happy with it and how it turned out, but he does talk about having to fight with the studio, and I'm sure those fights were about making it a little bit clearer, a little bit more commercial, and I think he delivered that, and yeah. then the marketing is all like about how historically accurate everything who is. Who cares? Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, honestly, you know, I, I know that kids' movies Movies are always going to do better than any kind of real movie just because literally you have to take kids to see them. So that's like a multiplier on the box office receipts. You know what I mean? But like the fact that the Batman did so well and this kind of, you know, is is did so middling. I'm like, they just don't know how to market movies these days. I really don't think they know how to do it. Yeah, Hercules, Clash of the Titans, like Wrath of the Titans. Th this movie was in that wheelhouse, and I could not believe how they did not sell it like this at all, and it ended up costing it. Like, this is a movie where that people were, like, hooting and hollering, That's hollering right. about and cheering in, yeah. like, in the movie theater. The joke, people were making a lot of jokes about how you have, you know, Aquaman and Spider-Man and Northman. That was that not. That should be uh, intentional. They should. They should have actually called. They should have been like, "He's a superhero. It's a superhero yes. movie." Yes. It because I mean it a lot of well it is because it's a myth. Of course, it's a myth. Superheroes are you know borrowing these myths, and it's just the same thing again. And informed a lot. I, I say again by like video games, mm -hmm. like explicitly so in a way that's not pretentious. That's really like fun. Yeah. Uh, like the, there's a like an in piece. Like Bjork gives him a quest in this movie okay it's like an npc <laughs> cutscene, and she gives him a quest and it's just like so explicit and so fun and i couldn't believe that they didn't sell this movie like and that. and by the way there's also like burp and fart jokes in this movie yes. like it is like you know and, and i and i like robert eggers actually you know i i hadn't seen i'd seen the witch i had not seen the lighthouse until a couple weeks ago and then i finally like put it on and i actually like the the lighthouse 
this is not even like the lighthouse, you know? I even saw people sort of making the complaint that they couldn't, like, understand what people were saying. And I'm like, I think you're just running, like, I think people just, like... <laughs> run the same criticisms that they know worked for the last movie. I'm like, this movie <laughs> is far more sort of able to be understood than The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse, like, is obtuse and kind of, you know, uh, everyone, you know, they both speak in a way that is a little bit harder to understand. This one is like a crossover movie. And I was, when I came out of the movie, I was like, holy shit, I think that The Northman might be like a really big movie just based on, that I saw it in Burbank and everyone's walking out like, you know, hooting and hollering and having a good time. And then I was like, then it came, you know, then the weekend ended and it's like Sonic two in its second week, like wins again, the good guys wins. And I was like, well, I think they fucked this thing up. There is another element of why I think this movie doesn't do as big outside of places like Burbank. <laughs> Cause I actually put the Northman in the Google trends to see who was looking up this movie and who was you know interested in it and the states were all like oregon utah idaho montana wyoming and we haven't talked about the cast yet so let me talk about the cast the northman stars alexander skarsgård as omleth nicole kidman as queen gudrun klaus bang as fjornir the brotherless spit on him <laughs> fuck uh, him Ethan, as fuck an actor him. fuck King. him even that's how much i hate fjornir <laughs> Ethan Hawke as King Arvindale War Raven. That's right. Anya Taylor-Joy as Olga of the Birch Forest. Gustav Lind as Thorer the Proud. William the Willem Dafoe as Heimer the Fool. If you haven't noticed the pattern yet, every single one of these people is like the whitest person that sure. ever lived. I'm, and this is not a knock on them or Eggers. I understand you're telling a certain story about a certain time period and the portrayal of that, how it's traditionally been portrayed. Now, there are historians that have questioned this movie's accuracy as far as, you know, being all white and not having the diversity that actually may have existed at the time. But that's neither here nor there. I don't actually think you need to get into it. And even the um, talk about how this film is like catnip to the white supremacist oh my God. movement, which is, you know, both true, but not probably not anything you can do about it. But, you know, and it's, it's not on Eggers, really, but, you know, whatever. The problem I mean, is... What I would just, say about it, that, just in the in the general sense, sorry, before you before you move on from that, is I'm just like, I don't ultimately think that this like fully valorizes you know all of this. Like I think yes. it, like he like dies in the end. Like when we come back to Fjolnir's, you know the. Like when he's a war chief, like everything like sucks. You know what I mean? Like yes. he like made Everybody it worse sucks. and they're all living in huts and like our guy, the the Northman himself, like dies in the end. Like I don't think portrayal is advocacy, just to sort of speak on that for just a moment. Well, I and also I thought that this they would actually be mad at this movie for being so woke because it ultimately is like anti-slavery that's right. and anti-bigotry. Like that's kind of part of it. Like uh, for people who aren't who haven't watched the movie yet, uh, our warrior Amle all the Vikings basically have a slave economy. What they do is they raid villages and make slaves and make them do and all the work. that's explicit from early in the movie. Like, he goes off after, you know, his father dies and he becomes like a raider. And there's a scene 
that is like, you know, in some ways like a big action scene, but then also it ends with explicitly, you know, um, they're like burning a hut with all the women and children in it. And like that is not played as like, whoa, cool. It's like this is fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Uh, And so but the problem is ultimately that this is a big budget blockbuster movie with nothing but white people. Sure. And how do you get America to go out and see a big budget blockbuster movie in 2022 with nothing but white people in it? And I think it's very hard, especially when the biggest star is, you know, a guy who's mostly on TV. That's right. And streaming shows. Yeah, that's so, right. And he does great in it. He's amazing He's in it. Nicole Kidman, great performance. Ethan Hawke liked it. Loved the performances. A- Anya Taylor-Joy won me over Anna, as Anya an actress. Taylor-Joy, I'm not a big fan of in the general sense, but I thought she was quite good in this, actually. Speaking of, like, the video game influence, she just straight up casts a spell. <laughs> she, like, casts, like, wind on her ship to make it go faster <laughs> by the end of this movie. This movie is just, like, I don't know. It's probably not diverse enough to spend, you know, $70 million on and then market it explicitly to fucking nerds yeah. you know like i like it's just you know it's a i i understand he's tr- trying to go for the accuracy but hey maybe you know you have that extra act that i would like to see maybe he's in like a big city and you're seeing you know care he has a, a friend or something or one of the raiders is from a different part of the world like that that stuff was real that happened it like, is also a covid shot include. movie and that's something people have talked yes. about like that there was cuts made to the movie as far as like the the scale of it and everything like that but you know i i see what you're saying and i do think it like yeah makes it harder to 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 put out a movie like this yeah and it's unfortunate because i think it's a great film and one a lot of people who would be interested in and would really love it and really dig it are just never going to give it a right. second look because of how it was shown and it's just uh really unfortunate i don't know quite what they were like going for like who did they think there was just this massive audience for like a snooty movie about vikings i i that just doesn't seem to be i think it just is like you know this thing in hollywood where they kind of only see you for the thing that you've already done you know what i mean i think it's because robert eggers like has done the movies that he's done he did the witch and he did the lighthouse and they don't know how to market it other than as a sort of robert eggers movie but this does exist in a weird space you know that is different than those other movies um you know and and i don't know they they probably should have like tried for more crossover appeal especially since they spent so much money on the movie as well this fills in some holes that people have been looking for like game of thrones Mm -hmm. like lord of the rings like there's so much shadow of mordor in this like there's a whole segment where he's like poisoning like the pots and stuff like from the game and doing sneaking missions and shit and that's just like you don't get that from the marketing from the trailers and it's unfortunate but i hope people this is a movie that people will discover on i don't know do they still do they still sell blu-rays i guess people will discover they sell it bo- on blu-rays, digital screening. But they'll probably watch it on crackle or fucking criterion channel or something like that yeah i feel like this is going to be one of those movies that takes off uh after f- the fact but i thought it was great i thought I it was really good too and, and i was uh 
you know, again, like I, I, I make nothing but wrong calls all the time. Like all the time I'm like, oh, the Marvel universe is going to end. It turns out these are going to be the biggest movies ever. And we're going to have to live with these movies until the day we die. I saw the Northman and I was like, oh, the Northman might be a big crossover hit. Nope. No one cares about it. So, you know, I, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, in the end, I kind of hope that people do discover Northman because I think it was a good movie. So if you liked the Northman. I want to recommend a couple things to you. All right. So the first movie I want to recommend is Conan the Barbarian, a John Milius mm. classic. Uh, does have a diverse cast. Has James R. Jones in one of his most badass per- per- performances ever. You gotta have. You gotta have it, folks. If they can do it in the eighties, you gotta do it in twenty uh, twenty two absolutely love this movie and i think if you like the northman you will really dig that um a book i want to mention on our reading episode that i did get a chance to between two fires uh by christopher bullman now this is a book that you've probably been reading a little bit of buzz about online if you've been on twitter because every because every so often every time a from software game comes out or there's news about berserk someone asks what's a novel that captures the same vibe what's a novel that actually you know, fulfills, you know, this itch I have uh, for this sort of specific kind of dark fantasy with these demonic elements. And Between Two Fires is the, basically the only good answer. Um, so it takes place during the Dark Ages. There's a plague. All the towns are fucked up. And you're following an errant, a disgraced knight uh, trying to keep the, the last light of civilization burning as everyone like is being murdered and the dead are rising from the graves. It's extremely weird and fucked up. Now, one thing that may be a little bit different for people, it, the mythology of it is ex- explicitly Christianity. But don't let that, you know, uh, stop you because it's like weird Christianity. It's, it's like Gnostic <laughs> shit. It's not like Hillsong Christianity. Sure, sure. It's, it's cool, weird Christianity. Why not? Yeah. Cool. Yes. There's been a lot of movie news mm-hmm. lately, Jack, because CinemaCon happened. Jack, do you know? I'm sure you know, as someone in the industry, about the great tradition of CinemaCon. No, I literally don't have any idea about it. Like, I definitely noticed that there were some news articles coming out about CinemaCon, but <laughs> I've never heard of CinemaCon, I think, before doing this very podcast episode. It, it came out of nowhere. Apparently, we all have to care about CinemaCon now. Like, CinemaCon wasn't enough. Like, uh, it's, it's sponsored by Coca-Cola. Wonderful. And it's produced, no joke, by NATO. <laughs> Now the national Associ- the national association of, of theater, theater owners. owners, yes, the 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 good NATO, the important NATO, <laughs> yes. Uh, but it is this trade show in Las Vegas, and there was just a ton of uh, upfronts and trailers for the, what's coming up in Hollywood, and there was a couple of interesting you know snippets and interviews and things we learned from it. There's there was a lot of news about Doctor Strange, which is coming out in like a week. Jack, did you know there was like a Sam Raimi? Movie? movie coming out well it's not a sam raimi movie but that's well well yes sam raimi did talk a bit about this and i just want to play this uh clip so i don't want to get anybody's hopes up about dr strange and the multiverse of madness well dr strange 2 is um less a full-on uh original work of mine Mm -hmm. than it is a continuation in the marvel pantheon of of continuing stories. Mm -hmm. So my job really was not to make something outrageous and just about my sense of humor. It was really more about adopting as a filmmaker, a storyteller, 
to the Marvel sensibility. That's right. You know, I, for the first thing I want to say about that clip, even aside from the obvious stuff that we're going to get into, is I love that he just calls it Doctor Strange 2. He calls it Doctor Strange <laughs> 2. He's not even calling it Doctor Strange's in the multiverse of madness, fucking whatever. It is to him just Doctor Strange 2. Yeah, um, Bruce Campbell, he's been talking. Bruce Campbell just does not give a fuck. He spills all the tea. He was just like, yeah, they keep bringing my buddy Sam in to reshoot this thing because they keep changing like the overarching story of the MCU. So he doesn't even know like what the final movie is going to be and if this character is still alive or not or et cetera, et cetera. If anybody thought that this was going to be a real Sam Raimi movie, Sam Raimi doesn't agree. You know, it, it appears that Sam Raimi doesn't agree with you. So, you know, I don't know what to say. Like, you know, it, it's it's pretty obvious. You know, I've seen the clips from the movie. This is just any of these fucking Marvel movies. Like, this is not a Sam Raimi movie, you know. Um, and, and, I, and in fact, I really appreciate that, that, you know, Sam is being honest about that like sam almost seems like a little bit like embarrassed at the idea that this movie like has his name on it or something well i don't know if embarrassed uh is is quite the word what i think it seems more similar to actually is when quentin tarantino and a, a bunch of other film directors whenever they direct like a tv show, sure i think that's right fair. They, and they're and they just come out, out and they just say like look it's a well-doing machine. I'm just there, you know, kind of pointing a little bit, but they already know what to do. And my, basically my job is not to waste their time or their money and just kind of put a little spin on it uh, and act like I directed it um, for, you know, sweeps or whatever. Yeah, I, I took some money so that they could put directed by Quentin Tarantino on the episode. <laughs> and I love the show. And yeah, it's fun to do. All right, so there is a clip of Doctor Strange fighting a character called Gargantos and that's kind of a goofy name it used to he used to have a cooler name he used to be called Shuma Garoth and this character actually originates believe it or not in the realm of HP Lovecraft it was a character that Robert E Howard yes right creator of Conan the Barbarian created somewhere in the mythos of Lovecraft because you know those authors would interact with each other August Thurliff all those cats and this is one that Robert E Howard created but Marvel doesn't quite own the rights to it so they they're calling it Gargantos which is another similar character anyway this is supposed to be like a big you know big Lovecraftian multi-dimensional enemy but in this uh clip from Doctor Strange 2 he's just like a giant squid that throws now people mentioned that the same extras run by like five like three or four times <laughs> with the same suitcase all I see when I look at this is just Benedict Cumberbatch who is not good standing on a green screen Benedict Cumberbatch like making little faces and putting his arms out this just looks like shit and the big action thing is that you know the Shuma Garoth throws the bus at Doctor Strange and he cuts it in half which would be cool if they hadn't done it in like two or three Avengers movies already like basically the same scene I mean also by the way you know and I like who even gives a shit about this but like he's doing it to save one person and the whole scene's about saving one person a bunch of people are running behind him how did they, he know that the two sides of the bus were not going to crash into the people that into the briefcase man that kept running by, running past him over and over again? On paper, the idea of Sam Raimi doing a Doctor Strange movie 
could be cool. But this right? is not because that. This is not that. It's not. This is not that. Yeah, Doctor Strange was like Doctor Strange has been in like nine Marvel movies. He hasn't fought one goddamn vampire. He is so like, that whack, like, honestly. That we go to Doctor Strange. I I don't watch a lot of these Marvels, but every time. I like peek into a Marvel movie. They're always at Doctor Strange's fucking Jeffrey Epstein mansion in New York. Why are they all? Every single one has fucking has has this boring ass Benedict Cumberbatch's bad American accent. Fucking Doctor Strange in it. It sucks. But the Doctor Strange, the comic, the origins of it was so cool and fun and trippy and scary and psychedelic. It's one. It's a really fun comic. Is where Blade uh, comes from. Like you could have done like a really cool, interesting horror movie with a horror director, but for some reason it has to plug into this continuity that makes no fucking sense. Like why is Scarlet Witch in this? And also Professor Xavier is gonna be in this at, at some point, and they're gonna. Uh, go to like this interdimensional room. I'm like no have him like have him like save people from monsters have it be Blade have it be Constantine uh, have it be you know something simple but that ship sailed very 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 long ago I don't know I have basically zero interest in seeing this Doctor Strange and, and I won't yes. see it to be honest with you and you know I know yes. I don't know if you're intending for us to do an episode about it but I, I won't have seen it if we're going to do one I want to hear people's reactions to it if there's something interesting in it good or bad I kind of want to see it and talk about it I don't think that will be the case I think people will just be very disappointed and how middling it is. I was actually excited for it because I thought it would be really, really bad. Um, but I actually think it's just going to be kind of middling. Just another episode of the boring. TV show. It's just going to be another episode. And I don't need to see that shit. All right. But there is something cool that was talked about at CinemaCon. We finally found out the subtitle of the movie uh, of the uh, upcoming decade. That's right. Avatar. The Way of Water. We got the sequel name. People are talking shit still nonstop. I, I like read the article about the way of water and you just look at the comments and it's like people are like, well, like, like, why do they even think anyone's going to care about Avatar? I'm like, do you understand that James Cameron does nothing but make the biggest movies of all time? <laughs> That's like literally the only thing he does is like hit home runs. You know what I mean? Like I, I truly... I, you know, and I, they're, they're talking about how he's going to mix in some sequences that have high frame rate, but the whole thing's not going to be in high frame rate. I think we're going to see again, this movie's going to come out and people are going to be like, wow, holy shit. Like, you know, Cameron did it again. This movie transports you to another place and the underwater stuff is like nothing I've ever seen. I still believe that Avatar The Way of Water is going to be huge and it's going to set us up for the decade of Avatar. And I still believe <laughs> this is the only thing that will save movie theaters. There was, I think it, it was you or Bug that predicted that there was no way that Endgame was going to hold on to the title of number one movie. I don't think it ever even got there. But they are re-releasing Avatar yep. in theaters. Oh, and it's going to take back the top spot. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Yeah. And one more note uh, from around Cin CinemaCon. We got a little bit of news about the DC uh, universe. Mm, dead to me. And, you know, yeah, it is dead. I mean, actually, there were reports a couple of weeks back that the new owners at Discovery were not happy with the shop. It was a sloppy shop. They're wondering, why the fuck don't we have a Superman? JJ's going to reboot Superman. 
guaranteed lock of the century. JJ's got a new overall deal at Warner Brothers. JJ is going to be rebooting Superman, and that's going to be like them restarting the entire DC universe. Uh, but that, you know, DC's about to suck in the same way that Star Wars did, even though it already sucks currently. Um, but that is the lock of the century, is that J.J. reboots Superman. Well, we got some uh, hints about how they're going to reboot this. Now, I used to think that when you made like a $200 million blockbuster movie, the point was to make the movie. But apparently, the, the, the point of The Flash is to explain the various uh, behind-the-stage maneuverings and corporate takeovers and IP transfers <laughs> that have happened. Because this movie... Because it was revealed, uh, and this may be spoilers if you're interested in this at all, but General Zod will be making an appearance in The Flash. That was confirmed at CinemaCon. Uh, Michael Shannon will be back. Now, Henry Cavill, the actual Superman from Man of Steel, will not be back, but his the villain will be in The Flash, a movie that's supposed to be about The Flash. He has nothing to do with General Zod. But General Zod will be in the movie. And Jack, have you heard this? I Do you know why? I don't know why. No. <sighs> He's in the movie because, and this is according to, you know, spoilers and leaks that so far have turned out to be true because they announced that Zod was in it. Zod will kill Henry Cavill Superman as a baby. And so and it will undo all the Snyderverse. Now, I will say stuff. this. I will say this. You know, it does seem as though the DC Extended Universe is as obsessed as bad DC comics with their own bizarre and horrid continuity. Like, it does seem like DC, the movies, you know, now also want to be just as completely off putting and bizarre as the comics are at this point and reboot all the time. That's fucking ridiculous. And, you know, whatever. I, I, I. I, in some ways, am happy that DC has gotten so bad because now I can just very easily say, fuck all superhero movies. Yes, fuck all free. superhero movies. Easy peasy. No problem. No question about it. Well, except for the Northman, of course. He's pretty cool. The Northman rocks, you know, and in fact, I, I hope that I hope that we can see the Southman. I hope we can see the Eastman and the Westman, <laughs> and then they Westman. can finally come together to be the, you know, the the compass. The compass crew is going to come together. <laughs> All right, folks, that was Struggle Session. Playing this out here is Heather Fortune with No Evil Can Happen to a Good Man from her new EP, Sober Karaoke. Make sure to check that out on Heather Fortune. Bandcap.com. Bye.
Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.